Welcome back to DQP Does, the Drafty Quarters Podcast Network movie review show where we tell the girl we've been into since we were kids that we're a superhero and uh, we're also a billionaire and we still get rejected. With me this evening is my co-host, Russell. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> that, I, I don't have words. <laughs> we, we also What a summary. We also have... Have our good friend, Dave. I'm Batman. God damn it. <laughs> I'm not Batman, it's Dave. Hi. Oh, okay. I was confused. <laughs> I'm I'm just Dave. Okay. Uh we are continuing our March Batness that has bled over into April, and I'm sure we'll continue to drip crimson in May. Um I don't know why I said it that way. <laughs> kind of cool sounding. It was but... artsy. Yeah. Uh, we're continuing with uh, Batman Begins. We're starting the Nolan trilogy. Uh, this came out in 2005. It was PG-13. It comes in at two hours and 20 minutes. And me. It's a taut two hours and 20 minutes. It is. It is. Um, Russell noticed that it is exactly two hours and 20 minutes. Like exactly. zero seconds. Was huh. that interesting? Um, yeah. it's I paused n- it at 15 seconds and it was like, you have two hours and 19 minutes and 45 seconds. Yeah. And I was like, wait, what? Yeah. Huh. That's kind of wild. Yeah. There's also a weird thing with Inception and like the, the how long the movie is and how long the song that's in the movie is. And you, like, have you seen Inception? I have not. Oh, you haven't either, right? No. Yeah. So like the every time they step a dream level down, like time is keeps on slipping. It, it does. It does keep on slipping. <laughs> um, but the way time works in the movie is every dream level they step down, uh, time lengthens in that area in comparison to the dream level they just came from. And the song, they start playing a song at some point when they start doing the Inception. And it just keeps getting slower. The song keeps getting slower. Oh my god. Uh, no, dude, Inception is amazing. Like people hmm. talk shit about that movie and make fun of it all the time, but it is such a good movie. But anyway, this is Batman Begins. Not Inception. No. Which I, Inception. I probably should watch. But... <clears throat> we should probably just like watch the rest of Nolan's movies. So Batman Begins. Batman Begins. Uh not Inception. Um It's basically so it's it's an origin story of Batman. Uh, yeah, it goes from his childhood. Uh, I mean, it's not directly um, chronological, but it uh, includes flashbacks of his childhood, um, and he goes through training with uh, Ra's al Ghul and the League of Shadows um, until up until he finds out that the League wants to like destroy Gotham because they're like. I don't know. Society is weak and lets criminality exist, so we destroy it instead of fixing it. We're just gonna reset, hit the reset button all the time. We love that reset button that it's is violence. <laughs> uh, like, I mean, I get the the sentiment, but it's it's a little intense. Yeah, calm down, bro. Um. <laughs> uh so then he like you know he basically like destroys this little sect cell of um 
the League of Shadows and blows it up, but he saves this guy that's played by uh, Liam Neeson that's named Ducard because he thinks he's not the leader, but yeah. he finds out later that he's he's actually Roz. Yeah. Um, which is awesome. Which is great. Yeah. Especially the first time I watched it, I was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> you got me. Yeah. Um, so then he goes back to Gotham and he becomes Batman. Um, and, uh, he's like just kind of trying to fight some crime and then stumbles upon like, uh, some drugs and stuff being smuggled in by the guy. Uh, so when his parents got killed, guy that killed him, Joe Chill. Serve some time and then he ends up getting out because he was going to flip on Carmine Falcone and mob boss guy, mob boss. And uh, he gets shot and this stole away Bruce's vengeance on Joe Chill. Uh, so he goes and talks to Carmine and Carmine's basically like, bitch, please. I own this town. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah. Um, and that's when. Bruce is basically like, I'm gonna fucking kill crime. Uh, or just beat it up real bad. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna beat up crime. Yeah. He comes across a gunpowder, treason, and plot. There's no reason why gunpowder, treason, and plot should be forgot. This is not V for Vendetta. I mean, but V's the bad guy in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> what? Really? What the parallels? No, you don't see it. What? It's he's like it's like it's a very similar. Yeah, no, I idea. get that. Like, but no. Okay, I mean, my entire thesis on this movie is based on. <laughs> oh, <laughs> what happened in like 1656 or whatever? <laughs> okay, well, anyway, go ahead. <laughs> Uh, so whatever he, you know, starts going after these drugs, finds out that somebody else is getting some drugs and it's ends up being Scarecrow. Scarecrow's working for Roz, thinking that they're going to, uh, ransom the city, but really Roz wants to destroy the city. He comes back and he fucks with Bruce, leaves him for dead, burns his house down. Bruce gets saved by Alfred, uh, who's played by, you know, the the fantastic uh Sir Michael Kane. Michael Kane. Michael Kane. <laughs> um <laughs> Master Bruce. Um and uh then he goes out and he kicks some ass and stops V from destroying Gotham. I mean London, I mean Gotham. <laughs> Liam Neeson's. Yeah. And that's the end. And then he gets rejected by Katie Holmes. Yeah. Scarecrow. What? I just want to say Scarecrow. <laughs> oh, okay. Just like say Scarecrow the whole... Scarecrow. Scarecrow. I would like to nominate Cillian Murphy for an Academy Award for this movie. <laughs> for the bluest eyes. <laughs> for some of the best acting I think I've seen in my entire life. Yeah. Fuck, him in this movie is amazing. Yeah, I love him in this movie. I think I just love this movie. So, like, every time I watch it, I'm like, I'm like, oh, uh, yeah, this this one's kind of slow. And then I watch it, and I'm like, 
the fuck movie was I thinking of? This is not slow. Kind of the same. So I don't think I've watched it since right around the time it came out. It was the last yeah. time I watched Because I know we mentioned when I watched The Batman. Yes. How this kind of has a special place for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I haven't watched it since I was then. I was 15 when it came out. Um, I was, I'll be honest, like watching this, I was a little hesitant when I put it on. Mm-hmm. That's going to bring up some stuff. Sure. Yeah. Um, it really just brought up the fact that I didn't remember a whole lot in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there was some like scenes like, but the, the scene between like, you know, Alfred and Bruce was very like, you know, when he says, why do we fall? All yes. that kind of stuff. Yeah. Kind of got to me a little bit. Oh yeah. There was a part of the beginning where I'm just like, Oh, do I need to turn this off and go? <laughs> yeah. I was feeling some stuff. Right. But, uh, overall for the most part, yeah, I forgot most of it. So, <laughs> Not to get like too sad, but no, you're fine. Yeah, you get as deep as you want. But yeah, there was a couple parts where you know reminded me of like me and my dad watching it, but it it was good stuff. It was nothing. Yeah, nothing bad. Didn't, yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot how much good. I love Scarecrow. Yes. Yeah. Right. Fuck, man, such a good job. Like, okay, a I have a crush on Cillian Murphy, apparently, and yeah, beautiful B, eyes. He does. He has very pretty eyes. His acting, though, man, he's so like fucking in it. Like he, like if if someone told me he was a method actor, I would believe them. <laughs> but I don't like he's like from from not my previous knowledge. Like I, he's not. He's just like super into his characters, yeah. and like he steals the show. I think in this, like I love Christian Bell as Batman. Don't get me wrong at all. Cause like I think he's a good Batman. He's a fantastic in, uh, in this movie, but like Cillian Murphy, just like every scene he is in, I'm just like, can I have more? No. Mm-hmm. Where did he go? I don't give yeah, a fuck not about in this that much. No, he's really yeah. not. <laughs> and like every scene is just fantastic. And when he's my one of my favorite scenes is when he's in the uh, when he goes to see Falcone after Falcone gets arrested, and he's uh. He's like talking to him or whatever, and like the power has switched hands. Mm-hmm. Like, because the last scene where it felt like Falcone's kind of like overshadowing him, and you know, it was kind of yeah. like you know, pushing I him, threatening him. This is my yeah. He's he's got the power, and then he gets in the cell, and Cillian Murphy walks in and he sits down, and like just immediate as soon as he walks in the room, like just as so- like the power dynamic has changed, and Cillian yeah. Murphy does such a great job. In, in embodying like that switch like in the first scene he's in with Falcone and then the scene here like he does such an amazing job embodying that that it just like draws me in so much and then you get to like he, he just, there's just that line that one line is so good and has always stood out to me like since I watched the movie the first time like and he's just like Falcone's like talking rambling blah 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 right and Scarecrow's just like do you want to see my mask? Yeah, yeah it's just fucking chills, man. <laughs> Every time, it's so good because he's like he's just such a he's already a sociopath before like Batman turns him into Scarecrow because he's not really yeah. Scarecrow till he gets doused. Yeah, that's but true. Yeah, he like is already he's like a complete sociopath, and like that's also something I think is interesting about this movie uh, that ties into the next movie is Cillian Murphy's character. And he, like, Batman creates Scarecrow, like, in this movie. Like, he's already 
got the mask and he's already like doing scarecrow-ish things. But yeah. like when he douses him, like I would have loved to have seen more of Cillian Murphy as Scarecrow and like after he like loses his mind. Yeah. And like yeah. we get a little bit more of him in the Dark Knight, but it's just like a quick scene and it's not quite not quite as much as I would have liked. Yeah. Um but that that then that's just one aspect of this movie. This movie is so fucking dense. Yeah. And like every piece of dialogue matters. Moon Knight writers, go watch Nolan movies, please, for the love of God. Uh Ugh. every single line in this movie is important and matters and is like in one way or another profound either to life or to the movie. Yeah. Like then there's there's so much to take away. Yeah. I just ugh, you hurt me just now. Why? Because when as soon as this movie started, and they have the fight in the prison, mm-hmm. I was just like, "This is what Moon Knight should look like." <laughs> <laughs> and you upset Shane again. I'm so mad. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, like, no, this ah, uh, this movie's really fucking good. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah. Uh. There's a a little uh like a nitpick I guess um that it might be like too much right um not that it's not uh done well maybe that it, like you said you wanted more scarecrow um there's so much going on to get to where this movie gets to yeah. um <clears throat> from the point that it starts at that some of the things aren't dwelled on maybe enough, maybe uh, like given enough justice that they should have been given. Yes. Um, so that's kind of like one of the small gripes with this movie that it's overpacked. Yeah. Um, and it's uh, still, I mean, it's almost two and a half hours. Yeah. Yeah. And one of the small things specifically is, uh, is there, you know, he taught they Batman is, a. Uh, he is a symbol like even outside of the comics even to us like he is a symbol of like being uncorruptible and like not loosening your morals to fit or correct an issue like there's always a way to stay yourself and be yourself in a situation and correct the issue yep like and you just have to find it and it might take a lot of work a lot because sometimes he puts a lot of work in i mean he puts a fuck ton of work in everything like trying to like stop the joker yeah and you know so that's like a core moral of batman and him becoming a symbol and becoming more than just like because they touch on it with like liam neeson's Roz talking to to bruce and like putting the idea in his head in the first place yeah uh you know you got to become something more Right. And, you know, he's he's like, you know, a man, a, a, an image can get hurt. and You got to become a legend. And then Bruce kind of like changes the idea and, you know, is like, well, you know, I need to be a symbol. I need mm-hmm. to be uncorruptible. And <clears throat> it's, it's, it's touched on, but it isn't it isn't dived into in the length that that idea should have been in this movie. Right. Um, which is something the Batman. uh kind of corrects hmm. as far as like with the mythos of of Batman. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then you know, you have the the problem with every Batman movie um so far is like 
randomly killing dudes when you're not, and especially in this one where he's like, yeah, I'm not going to execute this guy. Like, that's the whole thing. Like, I'm not an executioner. Yeah. He should be tried, mm. blah, blah, blah. And then he blows the whole building up with, like, that guy and, like, 60 other dudes in the building and saves the one dude that he probably shouldn't have saved. <laughs> you know? I mean, yeah, uh, that's fair. Um, yeah. And then later, like, doesn't save that guy. Like, so... When you're talking about Batman being a symbol and being uncorruptible, like, he has to follow that, too, right? And, like, that's something that they've had problems with in all of these movies so far. Um, And something that we keep bringing up, you know, it's just like, yeah, that guy's dead. That guy's fucking dead. I mean, he didn't stick a a fucking stick of dynamite in anybody's pants and kick him down into a a fucking sewer. But, uh... You know, he blew up a whole building full of ninjas and, like, one random farmer murderer. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, and, like, there is... That has always been, like, kind of my query with this movie uh, is not the end when... So, like, accidental deaths by accidentally blowing up the place, okay. Like, I guess I can get past that. But, like... When he has the option to yeah. save Roz or let him die, purposefully not saving him. Yeah, like yeah. I don't like I, it, it's just semantics. Yeah, but like, so like we're gonna say sixty-two, uh, like uh, what is manslaughter when it's not uh involuntary involuntary manslaughter? So like sixty-two counts of involuntary manslaughter and one of like second degree murder yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah that, like, that sounds like his crimes <laughs> <laughs> and it's kind of like a big moment in the movie too and I think that that's part of the problem is like how big a moment it's made out to be and him yeah. literally saying but I, I don't have to save you yeah I won't kill you but I don't have to save you like I, I don't like I don't it's a good line feels, shouldn't be Batman yeah, yeah feels feels like the same thing <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. One thing we didn't touch yet mm-hmm. is how fucking awesome Michael Caine is. Mm, no, oh, we yeah. haven't talked about that yet. There's a couple of those we need to get to. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> I love Michael Caine in this. Like, I always like Alfred anyways in any yeah. Batman. Like, it's just cool. Like, you know, Batman's doing all this stuff and he's like the hero and justice. But back at the Batcave, Alfred's still helping him. Like, yes. Alfred's doing everything for him. Mm-hmm. I love it. Yeah, Alfred's fantastic, and in particular, Michael Caine is fantastic in this movie. Agreed. Probably one of the top two, top three uh, Alfreds. I would agree. I yeah. would agree. Yeah, I I really love him in this movie. He does such a great job, like mm-hmm. believing every line he's delivering, and just the. The emotional I mean, impact of his character. He's a fucking pro, bro. Yeah. yeah. He is. He's Sir Michael Caine. Sir Michael Caine. <laughs> uh, you know who else is a fucking pro in this movie? Gary Oldman. I was hoping you'd say Gary Oldman. <laughs> <laughs> fucking Gary Oldman. I mean... Uh, he you know, is Commissioner Gordon. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I mean, <clears> he's... <throat> yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's all you gotta say, right? Yeah. Yeah. Not now. <laughs> uh, yeah, he is. Uh, 
he is a fantastic Gordon. Like, I I mean, Gary Ullman, like, once again, we have another actor who, like, just becomes whatever character he is playing. Yes. Like, yes. It, with oh, his yeah. whole fucking being. Mm-hmm. You know, like, and I've done it, too, where I'm like, wait, that was Gary Ullman? Mm-hmm. Like, because you just, like, Sirius Black, like, when I watched Harry Potter, I was like, I didn't realize Sirius Black was Gary Ullman. And then, he's not even wearing any prosthetics in that. Yeah, dude. What yeah. Are you <laughs> he's just, You're just like it's serious black. I don't. What are you talking about? Who yeah. is it? It's serious black. And then he, he was, I was like, oh shit, that's Gary Oldman. Dracula. Oh, yeah. yeah. Just like any character that he like becomes, and it's it's and he can his range is amazing. Like yeah. he can play Dracula. He can play the upstanding. Uh, police lieutenant like yeah. he can play fucking the uh, opposite of that in the, a police <laughs> yeah he can play a fucking 90s punk rocker like yep. jesus yeah he could play um a drug dealer yeah a, uh, a drug dealer with dreads <laughs> you know what i'm talking about right yeah zorg that's not what you're talking about, but what was what was that in? Totally Drexel from um, uh, True Romance. True Romance. Oh yeah, Drexel Spivy. Yeah, uh, Spy- Stan Spider. Huh? Was it Drexel Spider? This says Spivy. Oh, S P I V E Y. Uh, but yeah, uh, he was Lee Harvey Oswald in a Frontline TV series documentary. <laughs> Oh damn! <laughs> uh, he was uh, the devil in a Guns N' Roses music video. Oh yep. shit! Oh, he was Lee Harvey Oswald in JFK. Huh? He was Rosencrantz in Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead. <laughs> we can't forget Mank. Nope. Mank, that was much more recent. I don't know. What is the movie where he plays a fucking, like, 90s punk rocker? God dang it. It's about the Sex Pistols, isn't it? I think so. I didn't know he was in a Sex Pistols movie. Yeah, I think so. Is it called Nevermind the Bollocks? That was a Sex Pistols album. Um, he was in Leon the Professional. Yeah, Stansfield. Yep. Oh, he plays Doctor Smith in Lost in Space. I forgot about that. Oh, he's Sid Vicious in Sid and Nancy. Yeah, that's. What oh it was. shit! He plays Sid. Yeah. yeah. And he plays bass just as well as Sid does too. Oh yeah, there's a picture of it. Holy shit. Yeah, yeah that is that is Sid. Also, Sid Sid Vicious was a piece of shit. That's a wild movie if you've never seen it, Dave. I haven't. I think I need to. Yeah, you need to watch it. But yeah, anyway, Gary Oldman, fantastic. Uh an amazing turn as uh Jim Gordon. Yeah, yeah. Uh even Morgan Freeman did a good job. Even Morgan Freeman did a good job. I mean, he always does a good job. Okay, like, I'm just like spotlighting all the people that did great jobs. Yeah, I mean, I, mean, I will say, 
he's Morgan Freeman in this. But yeah. <laughs> I love Morgan Freeman, so I'm okay yeah, with it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, like, look at, like, listen to this, just like these, like, six guys that are in this movie, right? It's like Liam Neeson, Michael Caine, Gary Oldman, Tom Wilkinson, Rooker Hauer, Morgan Freeman. Like, yeah. what the fuck movie is like that? Powerhouse. <laughs> Yeah, and they're all side characters. Fuck. What did you say, Ruger Hauer? Yeah, holy that's, shit, that's Mr. Earl. Yeah, it is Mr. Earl. <laughs> fuck. Oh fuck yeah, <laughs> yeah, dude. Can I get a Christopher Nolan Blade Runner movie? Uh, like no. not a remake, I mean, a continuation of the two. Ruger's dead, I think. Is he? Yeah, I think he is. I mean, he died in Blade Runner. Yeah, but I mean, there could be like another clone of him. He died in real life. There could be. He died uh, in 2019 at 75 years old. Oh, damn. Rest in peace, bud. Lived a long life. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. Um, and then so you got youngins in there. Cillian Murphy, Katie Holmes, mm-hmm. Christian Bale. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Katie Holmes in this. Rachel does. Fuck, man. I, I'm going to talk about it next episode, too, but I'm still disappointed that she got recast and Maggie was her replacement. Not that I don't... Not that I dislike Maggie, because I don't, but Katie Holmes in this and the chemistry between Katie and Christian Bell, I think, is fucking amazing and feels so real. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and just the way, like, the way she plays this character and, like, the way she delivers her lines and yeah, when right she at the slaps, side of her mouth. well, <laughs> some people just do that. Uh, when she yeah, slaps Christian Bell shit. in the car, I feel like she was slapping me. <laughs> like, I'm just, it. like, in it. Uh, yeah, she could slap me in the face any day. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, I just went through puberty, by the way. Oh God! Oh God! <laughs> but yeah, no, she, she, I think she does a wonderful job, and I'm just fuck, man. This movie's so good. Yes, yeah, I'm so I agree. Ha- I'm so happy we're to this leg of the Batman movies because I've been struggling. I've, I've been enjoyed struggling. all of them. I just, I this is more like this is more my type of movie. That yeah. I can sit down and enjoy and like lose myself in. Like, I've, I haven't been able to like lose myself really in like these other movies. Well, except for The Batman, the one we started with. That, oof. I love that one. But like, you know, 66 and like the four movies from the, you know, that we just did. Yeah. 89 to 90 something, 97. I, yeah. 97. Um, I just not not super into but this mm. this is fucking amazing it's so pretentious and I love it <laughs> it is pretty pretentious <laughs> <laughs> there's also some spots where uh, it might have been like just cause like it's Christian Bale and he's young younger there's some uh, there's some American Psycho looking stuff in there like we got the suit I'm like oh shit Norman yeah. No, dude, Storm him it. as him as Bruce, like, given off hard American Psycho vibes. Yeah, yeah. Like, there was some channeling there, I think, and probably a little bit of directing. Like, I'm sure Nolan was like, "Hey, you need to do you need to do a little bit of the shit you did in American Psycho." 
Patrick Bateman. I said Norman Bates. That's different. Uh, psycho. Uh, but yeah, the I, I I felt the same way. I was like, you did definitely see it a little bit. Yeah, like, when he's weighing, there's a few times when he's yeah. producing, like, uh, uh. Yeah. Yeah, especially when he takes the girls to the hotel. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He, does, he, doesn't, he does the fake. Like, yeah. he does that, like, fake hey, I'm clearly being fake. Yeah. But, like, no one at the table is catching on things yes. really well. It's yeah. it's fantastic. I love that. Uh, I think all the acting in this was fantastic. Just what we're kind of getting at right now. Yeah. Uh, I think the cinematography was fantastic. Yes. It still holds up. It still looks good. Um, most of the effects are good. We still have the Batman can't turn his head problem, which I think we fix next in the next movie. Or at least a little bit. Yeah, I believe so. So it looks real awkward in a couple scenes. Um, there, there. So there, are a couple th- a couple scenes I thought were goofy like that was mm-hmm. like when he uses the cape to glide down into the car. Oh yeah, like. But it also was like felt kind of inspired by some of the other Batman movies we watched. Watching all of these in a row yeah. is fucking wild. It yes, keeps it tripping is. me out because I'm like, yeah. there's some inspiration from these other movies we watched. Like, yeah. So yes, that's interesting. Um, it was a little goofy. I didn't like hate it. It was just like kind of made me laugh a little. Yeah, so like in the uh, the one that I always think of is uh, in the Tumblr, the, the new Batmobile, um, when he goes into like the 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 uh, battle mode or whatever where he like slips down into the front end of it yeah like laying down yeah his he like has to put his head down because his like the neck doesn't have a joint in yeah. it so his head's like pointing straight down and yeah. then when you see him in the next shot he's got his head up and it's like got to be a completely different cowl because right. there's no joint in that, <laughs> in that yeah. neck. it's just a big piece of fucking thick rubber yeah uh, uh, not to jump back into how good the acting is, but I'm going to jump back into how good the acting is. Okay. Specifically, because you bring that up. Yeah. And then later when Gary Ullman. Yeah, when Gary's Gordon, in the. And he's yeah, in the yeah. Tumblr. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. Funny, yeah. <laughs> the way he is reacting to everything happening yeah. while he's in the Tumblr is just so good. Yes. And Tumblr's so cool looking. Yeah, I love the Tumblr. Yeah, I remember when it came out, and I was like, that's not the Batmobile. I was one of those people. Uh, I can admit that. But now, after years of digesting it, uh, it's definitely one of my preferred vehicles for Batman. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> dude, I'll, I'll, I'll admit to being a cringy douche and hating it at first. Yeah. He's like, fucking yeah. uh, uh, Lu- Lucius is like, what, uh, what do you think? And he's like, does it come in black? Yeah. Oh my god. I kept. I thought I was annoying Shane at one point because I kept saying lines while I was doing like the kid <laughs> thing. I was like saying lines before they before. were happening. Yeah. Yeah. It was fine. I was doing it too. <laughs> uh. Yeah. No, this is a good movie. Yeah, I love it. It still holds up. Yeah. I love the uh, all the stuff with the um. With people hallucinating when Batman is like around, yes, from the yeah. from the uh, uh, the scarecrow gas, um, when he's talking to Crane, 
is like one of my favorite scenes in a movie ever. And he's just, he's like a demon Batman and just like yeah. fucking like black tar <clears throat> dripping out of his mouth and shit. Yeah. I'm just like, that's so fucking cool. <laughs> oh my God. And then uh, later when he's flying over the narrows and he looks like a, like a super traditional demon, like yes. he's got like the hook the, on his, on the top of his wings and yeah. fucking like blurring red eyes and shit. So Doc, dope. Dr. Crane can't come to the phone right now. <laughs> Would you like to make an appointment? Oh man, I fucking love him so much in this. Uh, so to counter my point from earlier, to counter myself, uh, counterpoint. Yeah. So them going over them barely touching on like the becoming a symbol thing and not really diving into it more. Like I do wonder if it was on purpose because we kept talking about his mythos while we were watching it. Yeah. Like, oh, that's good for his mythos. Yeah. Like when he calls in all the bats and yes. uh, escapes, like dives down between all the bats. Like when he's leaving the. It's a, he's at Arkham. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At Arkham. Yeah, Arkham. Yeah. He's leaving Arkham, and then the fucking the demon Batman scene, yes. and then him flying all o- over all of those people. Like you could. You could say that, like, Nolan did, like, intentionally not beat you over the head with the idea of him being a symbol, but did show you... showed him building it. Yeah. Yeah. Did did show him building the idea of the Batman becoming a symbol. And, like, with Falcone and, like, him tying Falcone to the spotlight and the end where Gordon, like, he, like, shows up and Gordon's got a fucking bat symbol. Bat symbol, yeah. Signal. Yeah. Um so I just I just wanted to mention that because like you could like depending on how you interpret the movie like you could think that it wasn't dived into enough and then you could maybe justify that it was still there. Yeah. Yeah. It was there. I love this movie. <laughs> it's so love it. good. Yeah. I do the same thing Shane said like I always forget how good this one is. Because, like, the sequel overshadows it. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, so... And, and like, I've heard people say, well, there's only one, one, one good movie out of those three. And they're always talking about The Dark Knight. But, like... And we're going to watch The Dark Knight next. But I do we think are. that, you know, they're, they're pretty close to being on par with each other. I would agree. It's been a long time since I've seen The Dark Knight as well. So I'm excited to watch it again. Yeah, I haven't watched I haven't watched any of these in a while, especially the last one. But I think there's a continuity issue because I don't remember the Joker doing anything with Joker cards in the next one. Yeah, but in this I one, he's remember. like his mo the card. Yeah, yeah. He like I want to say that I'm leaving the card scene at the beginning of he has something to the cards. I can't remember though. Yeah, he might. We'll find out. You guys want to um, get under the cowl? I can go under the cowl. I've been waiting to get under Dave's cowl. Yeah, it's going to cost you a lot. You hooker. No. no you got to order 10,000 of them. Oh, okay. <laughs> you order 10,000 of them. I know my worth. It's $200 of EJ. <laughs> Two fifty. Uh, <laughs> this is under the cowl. Where I'm going to give you a weird Batman villain. Awesome. 
I'm also going to spotlight. Spotlight. Spotlight? Spotlight. I spotlight. Oh, no. I'm going to spotlight. Cleanse it with fire. A gadget and or vehicle. Okay. Okay. And I'm also going to give you a review of a Batman story that I read. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm very excited to talk about it this time. Okay. But first, I need to talk to you guys about the Baffler. <laughs> okay. You guys ready to be baffled? Alternate personality of the Riddler. I'm baffled already. <laughs> uh, Titus Suzanka was a jackhammer operator before he turned to crime. He grew sick of the average Joe lifestyle and wanted to be known and remembered as a supervillain. However, Suzanka was not very bright, was not even slightly evil at heart, and failed at most independent attempts to do, well, just about anything. Nevertheless, he became a life of villainy. Uh, Suzanka uh, was naturally attracted to the more criminally minded Clue Master, who he attempted to escape from Blackgate with on multiple occasions. The two often teamed up, both as a duo and as part of the team of C-list villains like the Electrocutioner. And one team up, after Clue Master had been cured of his compulsion to leave clues, similar to the style of the Riddler. Okay. Uh, Suzanka took that as an opening to create an actual villain persona, the Baffler. The Clue Master discouraged the idea and forced onto him the persona of Headbanger instead. Suzanka began leaving behind credit pictures as a clue to what they were planning, which in turn led to their plan being thwarted by Robin and Spoiler. Uh, Suzanka escaped the police custody and went on as a solo adventure, readopting the Baffler persona. He decided that he needed to take down a real hero to gain respect, and so he targeted Clue Master's daughter, Spoiler. He sent badly written messages to Spoiler, who actually fell for his trap because she failed to take him seriously. She thought a child made them. In a stroke of pure <laughs> luck, Baffler almost captured Robin, who was out looking for Spoiler, but as Baffler had both heroes tied up in an abandoned building, he went on an obligatory villainous monologue, which during he hit his head on several pipes and was rendered <laughs> unconscious. <laughs> As the building was scheduled for demolition, Robin and Spoiler had to free themselves and rescue Baffler from the building as it fell down around them. He briefly briefly considered being a vigilante after that, but the notion didn't last. Baffler escaped prison during the Gotham earthquake, but was taken down by Huntress and later incarcerated uh, up in the No Man's Land Blackgate by lockup where he stayed until Nightwing broke in and rescued him and all the other prisoners inside. But this has been The Baffler. Are you baffled? I'm baffled. baffled. That'd be an interesting one for you to read is No Man's Land. No Man's Land? Mm -hmm. I was going to ask which one I should read next. I I feel like that's like a lot, though. I feel like it's like a huge event. I'm trying to stick with smaller stuff. Not smaller stuff, but like stuff I could read in a week or so. I've got a gadget now. You guys ready for a gadget? Do it. I like gadgets. This is a weird gadget. Shark repellent spray? No. Didn't we do already do that? We already did that one. This is a kryptonite ring. That's not that weird. Ish. <laughs> <laughs> It'd have um, been weird in this movie. 
we would have been like, holy shit, fucking Superman! <laughs> Uh, after discovering that the villain Metallo was powered by a heart made of kryptonite, Lex Luthor used a sample to fashion a kryptonite ring for himself. He wore the ring at all times in an effort to keep Superman away from him. Unfortunately for Luthor, uh, continued exposure to the low-level kryptonite radiation proved harmful, however, and he developed cancer. Shit. To keep uh. the cancer from spreading, his right hand... Uh, was amputated and replaced with a cybernetic prosthetic hidden under a black leather glove. At the time, however, the cancer had already uh, uh, metastasized. Metastasized, thank you. And by then, it had already it was already too late. When Lex Luthor cloned himself a new body and returned to public life as Lex Luthor II, the cybernetic appendage was no longer necessary. The ring eventually came in the possession of the Batman, although and because Batman is Superman's closest ally, Batman keeps the ring secured in the Batcave at Superman's uh, insistence as a contingency if the Kryptonian hero ever loses either control of his powers or he falls under the control of an evil influence. Uh, on several occasions, Batman has been required to use the ring to keep Superman at bay. Mm-hmm. I always appreciate and love the respect that Superman has or Batman. Yes. Yeah. And how it's not reciprocated. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and like Superman doesn't care. He like understands. Yeah. It's... He's like, oh, you're so grumpy. <laughs> you're so grumpy, Bruce. He's, He's like, so grumpy. shut the fuck up, Clark. <laughs> I just love that about Batman. Like yeah. him and Superman are friends. Right. Like they're like good pals. But he's got that just in case. He needs to get a one up on Superman. Yeah. And the fact that Superman knows about it, and he's just like, yeah, man, makes sense. Yeah. I get it. I get it. I mean, I could just, like, punch you, and you'd die. <laughs> so, I get that you need, like, a ring that'll put us on even terms. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and last for Under the Cowl. I love that we have theme songs now. Yeah. Um, I read... Hush. I finally finished Hush. Shh. Batman's Hush. Shh. Shh. Hush. 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 Hush, Russell. How long? Shh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I had never read this one before, and I really, really liked it. Yeah. It's really good. So it starts like what's cool, what I liked about it is like there's so many Batman villains in it. Mm. Like, it starts with, like, Killer Croc has kidnapped this little kid, and he's working for um, Poison Ivy. Mm-hmm. And then Poison Ivy's working for someone else, and someone else, like, it's all these heroes. And uh, towards the beginning of the comic, uh, Batman is using a zip line, and he gets cut, and he falls, and almost dies. Mm-hmm. And um, the surgeon he gets is an old friend named Tommy Elliot mm-hmm. uh, who is like his friend growing up he was with Bruce when like best friends of Bruce like before his parents died yeah um, but then later uh, Tommy Elliot gets killed presumably by the Joker because Joker's in this too yeah and Harley Quinn um, but it, turn- it comes to find out 
That is a spoiler from a comic book. It's pretty old. It's pretty old, though. Uh, that Tommy Elliot is actually Hush. Mm-hmm. He's a bad guy. Who uh, planted this thing in the Batcave to mm-hmm. give him like subliminal messages to think about Tommy Elliot when he mm-hmm. fell. Yeah. Uh, and the best part of the whole thing is you find out that the Riddler was the one behind it, all of it. <sighs> Fucking Riddler. Yeah. So like all these all these villains are kind of like sort of working together. They're getting played basically. Yeah. At the end, like once he, because even Clayface at one point Clayface impersonates a old um, Jason Todd. Mm. The fuck with Batman because Jason Todd was the one that died. Yeah. Uh, then he eventually figures it out, and it was Clayface. And also Clayface pay, played um, Tommy Elliot, who he thought was dead. Yeah. Turns out wasn't dead. Fucking nutty. Yeah. It it was a wild it was a wild story. I really, really, really enjoyed it. Got to learn got to see like scarecrows in it. Mm-hmm. And like I've always kinda liked Scarecrow, but I've not read much about Scarecrow. Yeah. Uh he was really cool in this. He had a short part. But like everyone's in it. Killer Croc, Scarecrow, Joker, Harley Quinn, Riddler, Huntress. Two face in it. Two-Face is in it, but he is now, uh, actually, no, he's Harvey Dent is in it, not Two-Face. Okay. Is Hush actually in it? Yes. Okay. <laughs> he's he named everyone else. In Hush, yeah. <laughs> yes. But, yes, it's really cool. Um, like I said, I never read it before. Like, I'm trying to catch up on the old classic Batman so, stuff. So, having watched The Batman and having read Hush... What do you think about the parallels between the Batman movie and the comic? Um, I don't see a ton of parallels between Hush and the... I mean, there's kind of a darker tone mm-hmm. to both. Um, it definitely gets you, like, more respect for the Riddler, because, like, I always kind of thought Riddler was kind of like a joke yeah. character. Yeah, because in Hush, he's not, like, a joke. Yeah. He's, like, the real deal. Yeah. Yeah. And in the Batman, he's not. He's not a joke. He's like the real deal also. Yeah, I guess I can see the parallels there. They do a good job of setting Riddler up. I guess I have more respect for Riddler after reading this. Yeah. Because I loved him in the Batman. Like, that's the kind of Riddler I want. Yeah. And that Riddler in the Batman is closer to the Hush Riddler. Hush Riddler. Right. Would you agree? Yeah. Yeah. uh, Definitely. He doesn't wear the cool hat in the Batman, though. No, he wears the weird looks more like hush oh yeah it right. does yeah yeah <laughs> yeah uh but yes i'm gonna give this one nine bat signals nice i really really enjoyed it if you have any suggestions of what i should read next let me know any of you guys or email <sighs> me i mean it'd be two weeks from now but nightfall 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 no man's land no Man's Land, Nightfall. I still haven't read Long Halloween. I want to read that one as well. Oh, yeah, you got to read Long Halloween. Should I read that one next? Or should I do Nightfall? Do Long Halloween. Long Halloween Well, next? if you read Long Halloween, there's also like three other comics you have to read with it. Oh, is there? Yeah. Oh, okay. So I would read like Nightfall and 
No Man's Land, which like No Man's Land will lead you down a path to like several other comics, but you can just read No Man's Land. But okay. Long Halloween, there's like two comics you got to read before it, and there's like I think one after it, and then there's another one that came out not too long ago that goes with it. Okay, hmm. I'll look that up for next time, but I'll do Nightfall next. Okay. But this has been Under the Cow. You should also probably start reading Nightfall like yesterday. Yeah. Oh, is it a lot? <laughs> it's a lot. All right. I got to find it first. And it's like, that's 90s, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's dense. Yeah. All right. I'm going to attempt to read Nightfall. All right. Delayed uh, Under the Cow. Are we ready for uh, the corner? I'm ready for the corner. You ready, yep. Russell? Let's do it. Let's go down to the corner. Let's skip on down to Dave's Trivia Corner. Dave's Trivia Corner. Who was that? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I liked it. Uh, well, the point of this corner is for you to say... Ooh. Neat. Damn right. Although Christian Bale performed many of his own stunts, he wasn't allowed anywhere near the Batmobile. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. That's real funny. Uh, Also, uh, Christian Bale's active dislike of his uncomfortable Batman outfit helped his performance as the Dark Knight as he uh, perpetually in a foul mood when he was wearing it. (laughs) Sounds right. Uh, Christian Bale revealed in interviews in uh, 2009 that in his first scene with Sir Michael Caine and Morgan Freeman, uh, one involving Bale waking up in bed to find them waiting there, Mm -hmm. he fell asleep after getting ready for the scene. Bale described waking up to find Sir Michael Caine poking him in the ribs saying, look at that, he bloody fallen asleep. Michael Caine. (laughs) 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 Fucking Jesus Christ. (laughs) Uh, writer and director Christopher Nolan is reputed to have been so fascinated with Cillian Murphy's bright blue eyes that he kept trying to find reasons to have Crane remove his glasses. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> well, the glasses removal is one of the things that sets that scene off. Like, yeah. Because he just like takes his glasses off when he asks if he wants to see his yeah. mask. Like, oh, man. In an interview with Movie Phone, Christian Bale said that he became interested in playing Batman after a friend of his loaned him the graphic novel Arkham Asylum by Grant Morrison and Dave McKean in 2000. After he read it, he told his agent that if anyone was making another Batman movie, he wanted in. Awesome. Okay. Uh, the movie inspired James Bond producers uh, Michael G. Wilson and Barbara Broccoli. Almost said broccoli. Looks like broccoli. <laughs> uh, to reboot the James Bond film franchise and reinvent the character of British secret agent James Bond and making him much darker and more realistic with Casino Royale. Which is a fucking boss movie. So. It is a boss movie. That's interesting. Yeah, it's good. It's a good movie. Well, Did- should. Oh, sorry. Good. Oh, I was just going to gush over Daniel Craig as James Bond, but it's fine. Do it. Do it. Gush. Oh, <laughs> that's not the gushing that I thought he was going to talk about. 
Same. I love Daniel Craig as James Bond. Like, he's a good James Bond. Like we talk about. Like I'm. I'm a fan of what cinema has done before, but like I do. Like you hear so many people talk about how movies have gotten bad, movies have gotten worse. Like Hollywood's terrible now. Like they're fucking wrong. Like some of the shit we get nowadays is just so. Uh, like it's like staring into a different universe. Yeah, it's not the same. Like, like I like old acting, and I like the way it feels, mm. especially if it's like done right and well. And I like when they channel it for new stuff. But like movies and storytelling has gotten better over time, like not worse. Agreed. Agreed. And Daniel Craig is my James Bond. That's where I was going with that. Mm. Mm. <laughs> I got a few more. Yep. Okay. While shooting on the streets of Chicago, a person accidentally crashed into the Batmobile. The driver was apparently drunk and said he hit the vehicle in a state of panic, believing the Dark Knight's vehicle to be an invading alien spacecraft. Fucking <laughs> 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 like aliens, man! Oh my god. Giving Christopher Nolan inspiration for a very important scene in the next movie we're gonna watch. <laughs> oh shit, yeah. Uh, Christian Bale decided early on in the audition process that he didn't want to play Batman straight. He wanted to play him as a rage-filled monster. Figuring that it might polarize writer and director Christopher Nolan. To his delight, Nolan was thrilled with this off-kilter interpretation. Nice. I got three more. Writer and director Christopher Nolan decided that there were be no second... Ugh that there would be no second unit as for the whole 129 shooting days, no one oversaw every shot of the movie personally. God damn. Yep. At around 17 minutes, when Christian Bale and Liam Neeson were fighting on the frozen lake, mm. uh, they could hear the ice cracking beneath their feet. The next day, the lake had completely melted. Ugh. Ugh. Fucking scary. Yeah. I was like, oh shit, is the scene where he falls in improv? Because that'd be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> like, he was supposed to win that altercation, and Liam Neeson was like, eh. <laughs> One more. Christian Bale lost his voice three times during filming after alternating his voice while playing Batman. <laughs> he does go a little harder in the next one on the Batman voice. He does. Uh -huh. I'm not wearing hockey pants. I, I didn't think it was like, it's not overdone in this one. Like, in this one, it's like, it's not that much of a switch, I don't feel like. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. Whereas, like, the next two, it gets progressively <laughs> worse. Yeah, especially when he's, like, not only saying, like, one line. If he's just like, I'm Batman, he's, like, pretty bad. But, like, when he's, like, talking to fucking Rachel, it just yeah. sounds like Bruce. Yeah. Well, this has been Dave's Trivia Corner. Dale's Trivia Corner. Huh, that's neat. Alright. Well, let's uh, go ahead and rate this movie. Let's rate this. I'm going to give it an 8. Uh, I think it's a really good movie. There are a couple issues with it that we talked about. Um, nothing huge. Um, but it's not like... A it's kind of revelatory for the Batman franchise just because of like the quality of the cinematography and the acting and like everything coming together as well as it does. It's kind of leaps and bounds better than all the other movies that we've watched. Yeah. yeah. Uh, or all the earlier movies. Um, but, uh, 
I've kind of been rating these like not sequestered to just the Batman universe, so this isn't the best movie ever, so I'm giving it an eight. Russell. Um just all around I'm gonna give this movie a nine. Uh I I like there's so few problems and like the I love the way this movie is paced. And it's so weird that like when we're when we haven't freshly watched it, we're like, man, it's kinda slow. And then sitting down to watch it, I'm like, no, this pacing is superb. Yeah. yeah. This movie is fucking top notch, like top tier, like probably somewhere in the best one hundred, maybe two hundred movies ever made, I would say. Um Damn. I just think it's a really solid fucking film, man. Like it just like there's no real spots where the acting is bad. Mm. Like the act like every scene is intentional, every line. And what ge- that's what gets me the most is like every piece of dialogue in this movie is important. There is not a single line and you could like dial the movie down or like take some stuff out, I guess, but it would like every line is intentional and means something like to either the story or the character development like every it's it's so packed and it's so full there's like no filler and i just it's like i just fucking love this movie like i don't know so good i think um so yeah i'm gonna give it a nine uh the cinematography is amazing that makes uh what you said in the trivia with Christopher Nolan doing the entire all of what the yeah. second unit would usually do, yeah, makes the way the film is cohesive makes so much more sense. And I wonder if he does that on all of his films because pretty much all of his movies feel that way. Feel that way, and mm-hmm. it, it just has like this nice cohesive, like continuous, like movement, continuous, like like uh, consistent has like this consistency between every single shot and every single scene that he was just doing that thing he was doing on purpose for this piece. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I think that that's interesting. Uh, one thing we didn't really touch on is the soundtrack. And man, fuck. Like the soundtrack, the OST for this is just so fucking good. Yeah. So bassy. So bassy, yes. A lot of bass. Yes. And but you know, once again, like it has that and and a lot of his movies have that. It has this like like very specific sound that is like to him and his directing style as yeah. far as like the sound goes as well. It's almost as if he is literally like and he has to be, right? Because the way his movies work out, like he's just there for absolutely every fucking thing. And I think the same thing about James Gunn. Like, I know he has a music director. Yeah. But, like, the way he loves music and the way music plays such a huge part in everything he does, like, he has to be there with them. Yeah. Like, being like, no, 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 not that one. Let's try another one. Okay, no, no, not that one. What about this one? You know, you know, like, it's just like, you can really tell when someone loves the project that they're working on. Which is something we're going to get to later and part of what I think the problem is with 3 as far as this trilogy goes. But um, yeah, I just I got to give it a 9. I have to. It's it's, it's definitely, I think, one of the best movies that's ever been made. Dave? I'm going to give it an 8.5. 
Okay. I really enjoyed it. Like I said earlier, I didn't, I have not seen it in a long time. I was a little hesitant just because, you know, my past and, you know, yeah, this what I associate with this movie. But I ended up coming away, like, enjoying it probably even more than I did the first time watching it. I Good. really, really enjoyed it. I loved all the acting was great. Like, Michael Caine is Alfred. Yeah. Cillian Murphy killed it as, as uh, Scarecrow. I loved it. Like, I, I really, really enjoyed it. Uh, give it an eight and a half. Uh, like I said, uh, I'm excited to, uh, to wa- rewatch uh, Dark Knight. Yeah. It's been a long yeah. time for that, too. Because mm-hmm. I remember that being one of my favorite movies for a long time. And I have not seen it in a very long time. So I'm, I'm excited. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Eight and a half. Oh, All right. yeah. Also, shout out to the guy that plays Falcone because Tom Wilkinson. Yeah, and like the sea of just ridiculously fantastic acting. Like this, like he has like four scenes and is a side character and does like a phenomenal job as well. Yeah, and yeah. the booth scene with him and Christian Bell. Oh fuck, dude. <laughs> I'd have been shitting my pants. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, Bruce yeah. is Bruce, cool so he scene. wasn't, but I would have been. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Shit all over that diner. <laughs> <laughs> you got spirit, kid. I'll give you that. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, um, that's going to do it for this episode of DQP Does, where we went over Batman Begins. Next week, we're going to do The Dark Knight, as we've said probably 20 times already. Dark Knight. Uh, we're going to continue our March Batness through we're not doing that that next week we're doing it yep. the week after Following we're taking week. a break next week i keep missing that because it's not normal but we're taking a vacation um i'm going to hawaii i'm not dude maybe <laughs> you can like hold a fucking intervention for ezra miller <laughs> yeah i'm gonna go do that i'll be back guys I'll go down there and help you kick his ass um Get so, your shit together, kid. <laughs> we'll, we'll continue our uh, March Batness, uh, not next week, but the week after, with The Dark Knight. Um, if you guys have any questions or suggestions, concerns, just random whatever, just not dick pics, go ahead and email us, draftyq at gmail.com. You can find us on uh, Twitter and Instagram at draftyq. Just search uh, Drafty Quarters Productions, and you can find us on uh, Facebook and YouTube, because we do the TQP Weekly on video now. We um, do. And uh, you can also find us on Patreon, where we would love it if you would donate $1 a month. Uh, we're looking to get some new equipment, so that would be cool. Uh, those of you that already do donate, uh, we super appreciate it. Super. Um. So thanks for listening, and you have a wonderful evening, day, morning, night, noon, but not moon night because it sucks. Oh, take that, moon night! Justice is balance. You burned my house and left me for dead. Consider us even.
Is it really even though? Like it really isn't. No, <laughs> like, not really. Bruce, Bruce at least Bruce, took like, him out of the took house. him out of the building <laughs> and like saved him from falling off the cliff, and then took him to that like random Tibetan dude's house and was like, "Hey, you know." And he's like, oh, let him know you saved his life. And he's like, yeah, whatever, bro. I'm leaving. Du- deuces. Like, he didn't leave him for dead. Okay? <laughs> Shut the fuck up, Roz. Yeah, Liam Neeson's. Just a little last-minute critique since this movie's so fucking packed. <laughs> this has been a production of the Drafty Quarters Podcast Network.